0: Rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. The marathon continues.
1: going on everyone it's your girl cherry poppins and you are tuned into the third episode of the survivor series the cancer chronicle
0: in this episode we speak with a good friend of the show cleo from the danny and cleo show a little over a year ago her father was diagnosed with and passed away from cancer we were honored for her to share his story and open up with us about how she coped with learning about the news as well as his passing cleo shows us how having a support system truly matters in a time like this She shares
2: how her family went above and beyond to support her father and how she also got support during this trying time i hope you guys enjoy this episode
1: so everyone that we have had on far for this survivor series or for this series um, is a cancer survivor but your story is a little different right Mm -hmm. Um, so your father had cancer yes Um, what kind did he have liver cancer okay and how did you guys like find out about it um so my father
3: mm-hmm. years like years like over a decade ago um was re- receiving a treatment for an infection and they told him at the time that um the treatment had The potential to cause liver cancer later in life, but he pretty much had no other options for the treatment. Mm. So he was like, okay, I'll take it. Um, And then so fast forward, he's a healthy dude, blah, 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 years go by. And at the time, he's living down in Georgia by himself. And I'm living in Puerto Rico. No, I'm living in Maryland at the time. And my mom's living in Pennsylvania, blah, blah, blah. blah, We're all like, he's the only person really down there in Georgia. Mm. Um, So he had called us up and Basically was like, you know, I think I need to go see a doctor. I haven't been feeling well. You know, I've been getting kind of tired and losing a little bit of weight. But like, yeah, I've been exercising also. So we didn't mm-hmm. really think anything of it. Okay, fine. He also was very, like, protective of us. So when he found out about it, like, officially, he kind of called me. was like, hey, so I just want you to know I did go see a doctor. I got the results back. I do have cancer. I have liver cancer. And I took it sort of like very face value, like all right, so what's next? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how, where do so we go like from nothing here? Nothing
2: went through your, your head at all, like. It,
3: you... For me, I wasn't like I'm. I am the kind of person to just move towards solutions. Gotcha. Like, mm-hmm. I'm immediately like, all right, so what do we do from here, and what does mm-hmm. that look like? Um, you know, are you going to go through with chemo? Or is it going to be mm-hmm. radiation? It's like what's involved? And so I had already had some research from before that about different sorts of cancer treatments and just like like holistic treatments and stuff like that. And he ultimately, you know, was sort of just in the same space at that time. But I I don't know how my other family took it. I wasn't with them Mm -hmm. when they got the information. Um, But I remember him saying to me, he's like, I'm really glad you're taking it this way. Because, like, I'm not moving in from a place of fear. And I'm glad that you're not either. So that's good. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, it was all right. Did you
2: guys try, I'm sorry, did you guys try any of, like, the, Like the natural oils Mm -hmm. or like Yeah, so there was
3: tons of different like supplements and stuff like that that like all my family had started like sending down to him. Also, to sort of contextualize it a little bit, we had no timeline on anything at this point. I didn't know like how serious this cancer was. He was I think somewhat intentionally like not telling us everything the doctors were telling him. So we're thinking like, you know, this is sort of like a brand new thing, you know, whatever treatments you're gonna explore, we have time. Like, you know, he Mm -hmm. wasn't saying like this is dire right now. Gotcha. Um, so ultimately, he started doing like this intravenous vitamin C treatment um, for a doctor that he found down in the Atlanta area. It was, it was a holistic doctor? I don't know the details of, I know this particular treatment center that he went to was mm-hmm. like specifically for like intravenous vitamin C treatments. Like that's okay. like all like they did there. Okay. Um, and so he had set up sessions with them and those sessions were wild expensive. This is not the kind of thing insurance will cover. So everything was coming out of pocket gotcha. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, but my family is, like, super into, like, all the other kind of, you know, supplements and treatments and, right, whole, yeah. like, natural remedies for things. So mm-hmm. we had, like, chocolate mushroom and blah, 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 mm-hmm. like, just, like, all yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, like, everything <laughs> yeah. in the world. And he was, you know, like, juicing all day and stuff like that. But we weren't there. Okay. We weren't there. So it was, like, we're just sort of getting the information back mm-hmm. as he's telling it to us. Gotcha. But we're not experiencing it firsthand with him. So I don't really know what it looked like. Okay. I know that he would be, you know, like, super, super tired and, like, sleeping a lot. And, yeah. like, at one point started, like, not being able to go into work and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I was, it was, you know, alarming for me. But he's still sort of like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm just getting some additional rest. Like, I'm All okay, right. I'm okay. I had no idea, you know, that it was wild. serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. like, it was really pro- progressing very, very quickly. So
1: And you said that he was... um Like protecting you from what was, and do you think that he, and he was the only one who was down there, down in Georgia by himself. Yeah. Like no family. Like none
3: of, none of our family was down there. Like, so there were a couple of like family friends who were down there, Mm -hmm. but they were also like business partners. So it wasn't like they were like going over and like hanging out at his house that much because he would normally see them at work and stuff like that. I also sort of questioned, you know, like if they knew more than they pretended to know Mm -hmm. and just like didn't tell us. But eventually, my godmother, who's been my father's, like, best friend since, like, second grade, went down there to visit him for, like, a barbecue weekend and called my mother immediately, like, yo, do you know what's going on down here? Like, are you aware of what's happening? And she's like, what do you mean? Like, she's like, no, let me send you a picture of what Tony looks like right now. Like, Mm -hmm. and when they sent it to us, it was, like, a fucking punch in the chest, like, whoa, Mm -hmm. like, I did not know that that was what was going on down there, so... We were out of the loop for a little minute, but ultimately, this timeline—all this happened within a matter of like five months or something like that. Oh, like it wow. that was very that, quick. That was that quick? Yeah. Okay. It was super fast.
0: Was this something that you kept to yourself, or did you share it with people around you? Your uh, any close friends? Obviously, um, de.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, anybody else, or was it something that you just kept to yourself because you're like, you know what, it's a private thing, and I'm not really gonna.
3: I didn't really share it too much. Like a couple of my really close friends who I would see like on the daily, like I would tell them about what was going on Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, You know, obviously Danny was familiar and was aware of what was going on. But just in general, I'm a very like private person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't typically talk to people about what's going on in my life. So it wasn't like I was, you know, sharing this journey with tons of other people. It was Mm -hmm. like me, whatever my mom told me, whatever my dad told me, and like my husband. And that Mm -hmm. was sort of, that was my support team.
0: And what were like some of the reactions that you got if you were sharing it with somebody that was other than family? Yeah. Um, even like even like D, your husband, like what what were some of the reactions that, you know, people kinda shared that were around you? Was it more, hey, you know,
3: It was mostly like, you know, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, I'm here for you. I'm here if I can support you in any sort of way. Like, what can I do to be helpful? Like, Mm -hmm. do you need me to take the kids for a couple of days? Like, what Mm -hmm. do you need me to do? Mm -hmm. And again, because I was, I didn't know everything that was going on. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, like, we're good. Like, we're fine. Like, we're operating from a place of abundance and health. And like, we're not, Mm -hmm. I'm not a worried person right now. So, you know, I don't need you to console me because I'm not worried. Mm -hmm. Um, And I genuinely wasn't like, Throughout the entire process, I never felt like what I would normally describe as like fear. Like I was never like, oh my, God, I'm scared. Like my father's going to die. Or like, mm-hmm. I mean, death. I'm not. I don't typically operate from a place of fear with death anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. And like I'm okay with it. But I definitely did not think he was about to die. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that never that occurred quickly. to me. Yeah. No. Like literally, I didn't Period. think he was gonna die at all. Right. Especially because what he was telling us. So then when we became aware of the severity, of what was going on, immediately. My mother calls my father and she's like, "Yo, dude, like you're not. What is going on here? Like you're not telling me what's going on." He's like, "Oh, you know, like I'm okay. Don't worry, don't worry." And we're like, "No, but you're not. (laughs) Like you're not okay." So immediately, like within 24 hours, my mother and my brother jump in the car. They rent like a big ass Yukon. They put a mattress in the back of it. Drive down to Georgia. Get him in the car. Lay him on the mattress because he can't even sit up for a car ride like this. Like he literally is super 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 ass sick and they just drove him back up sleep in the back of the fucking yukon the whole way up here mm. my mother calls me she's like this is like on a friday she's like yo um dad's like wow sick like you need to be here and they're in pennsylvania now and while i'm in maryland yeah. my daughter's birthday party was on that saturday i said okay well i'll be there after the birthday party you know she's like no but i'm just letting you know you need to actually be here so saturday goes by we had the birthday party she calls me on Sunday now that she's had an opportunity to talk to some real doctors because now she has not being seen up here okay. up in Pennsylvania. He wasn't
1: seeing he was seeing cold, a doctor. Cold, real
3: he was seeing real doctors down there, but we weren't communicating with them. Okay. So we never got any like medical information gotcha. about what was actually right. going on. So okay. this is the first time we've had like a medical assessment from somebody who's telling us directly what's exactly happening. Okay. And when she spoke to me on Sunday, she's like Nah, they're telling me like 30 days. Like, you need to be here. Oh, wow. So I jumped in my car. I packed up my whole family and moved from Maryland to Pennsylvania in like a matter of 48 hours. Oh, Monday- no, move. Yeah, we moved. Like, oh, no, I'm here. That. Like, yeah, yeah. we oh, here right okay. now. Um, so we moved right away to Pennsylvania. And then three days, 72 hours after I got there, my father passed away.
2: Wow. It wow. was very
3: quick. It was super, so super So
2: go- you didn't even get to the 30 days.
3: No, we got to. when
1: they told us that, it was four days later. Did when you when you all brought him back up, was he still did were they did they come up with the treatment plan for him? At that point they they were like hospice. Like he's he's literally dying right now. So we're gonna just provide
3: him with hospice services inside the house. Mm -hmm. Like we'll get him all the equipment that he needs, we'll get him like a bed that he needs, Mm -hmm. we'll have like nurses to come check Mm -hmm. on him throughout the day. But this is just right now a matter of comfort because there is nothing that we can do at this point. How
1: your parents they were separated. Okay. But they were
3: really close. So my okay. mom and my father had been together and since my mom was like 17. My father was like 18, 19 years mm-hmm. old. And, you know, all, of, all three of their kids are, you know, all mm-hmm. together and stuff like that. But as adults later on in life, they did decide to move, you know, in separate directions as far mm-hmm. as like romantically. But mm-hmm. they, was, they were best friends okay. forever, forever. So. You read
1: my mind. How? Oh. <laughs> That's usually like the question, was, like, okay. you know,
3: what's going on? What's their relationship like? But mm-hmm. he had a really strong support. He had a really strong partner in my mom and Uh vice versa. Like, they have always been life partners regardless of if they're married or not. Like,
2: So, yeah. Do Uh, you feel... I'm sorry, Jay. um, Do you feel that since he was down there, maybe he didn't take it as serious as he should have? Because he didn't have you guys like, hey, you need to go to these doctors. Like, you need to go out there. Do you think... um, it's something that could have been prevented or like he could have maybe lived a little bit longer if he did take the proper steps from the beginning?
3: I think that he, I think that, so after, this and this is sort of like a tangent, but a little after his passing and all that kind of stuff, as we're getting information, because now we have like an estate to deal with and mm-hmm. we dealing with yeah. like everything. It's like, you know, so much goes on after somebody passes away. Um, so after all that and we're handling it, I find out through his paperwork that he had actually applied for some sort of life insurance like a year before that, Mm -hmm. and that he was denied for the life insurance. And I had asked somebody who was down there with him at that time, like, what was going on with that? And they said, well, to be honest, like, I think he might have known about this like a year ago, Mm -hmm. because they denied him for life insurance based on the physical that he got. And I think that they may have told him at that time that he had cancer and was ineligible. But... This was not information that I ever knew. Like right. this was literally brand new news to me, and I'm like, why would you not have shared this with us? But I yeah. think he just wanted to protect us more than anything. Which
0: that—that that was my original question. Um, but uh, to that point, his passing and the whole situation—did that in any way change your lifestyle? In the sense of, like, we know you're vegan. Mm-hmm did it Did it change the way you treated your body or the way you walked through life in a in a sense that okay, we know it's liver cancer right um did you you know think to yourself, well, maybe I should uh stop drinking as much or maybe I should stop doing this or that were there any changes that you made in life um you know c- you know coming from this tragedy
3: I feel like and i don't I don't mean to sound like super extra about it but I don't really I didn't really take it that hard.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't
3: take it like oh my god like cancer has like affected my life forever like mm-hmm. my father has died like I was really kind of okay with everything the way it happened because to me like I people kept saying like I'm so sorry for your loss I'm like but I didn't lose shit so I'm confused mm-hmm. about what you're talking about right now mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I talk to my father all the time my father talks to me all the time like I don't feel like I don't have him anymore mm-hmm. did it change what our relationship was like? yes absolutely but I never felt like, you know, what do I how do I move forward here like as a as a family survivor of somebody with cancer
1: because to me it was just it just happened to be the way that things mm-hmm. played out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I feel like especially maybe um, you feel that way too because it's not like like I know like my stepdad had um, pancreatic cancer. And I know for a fact he did not take care of himself. He had diabetes. He had cake and soda for breakfast every day. So it's like, it's not like your dad, like he was doing something to get yeah. liver cancer. It was just like, well, yeah. they told me this would be a side effect years down the line.
3: Exactly. So yeah. it wasn't like he was living a lifestyle that was particularly unhealthy. And I'm like, damn, like this led to your liver cancer. Like mm-hmm. we knew that was a possibility a decade before that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just so happens to actually happen, yeah. you know,
0: but. And I asked that because I know some people get shocked in the action yeah. when shit like that happens. So it's like oh, wow, I watched so-and-so get diabetes. I should stop eating as much sugar as I do. I should stop putting as much sugar in my coffee, et cetera. And, um, you know, some people kind of use that as influence to change their lifestyle a little bit Yeah. you know...
3: I think one of the things I did take away from it is just like not to ignore things. Like, you know, if something's going on, you might as well just go get a little opinion about it. Like and just find out what it is. I'd rather operate, you know, from a position of like being informed and educated.
0: Do you consider yourself that kind of person though, like your your pops that would kind of just be a little bit more lax about it? Like if you felt like you got bad news from a doctor, how would you communicate that? I would
3: probably be right. I don't. I don't really. I don't invest that much energy into like what medical doctors tell me that much. Not because I don't think it's real. Like I know like biomedical shit is real, mm-hmm. but I'm just not. I'm not afraid like that. So it really doesn't like scare me. Like oh shit, something's going on. Like what do I do? I'm just like oh okay, thanks for letting me know. Let me go ahead and do my research and see where I go from here. Mm-hmm. So
0: you would treat the situation almost to an extent like your father treated it.
3: Probably. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Honestly. To an extent. Not the same. Not like I wouldn't... To an extent. To an extent. Like, I wouldn't... I don't think I would want to, like, keep my family sort of hidden. Yeah, I wouldn't want to hide things from my family like that. And I would like to... Let them. I would like to be more transparent so they could really offer more support. Because I feel like if we would have really known what was going on, we would have been doing way more than yeah, just okay. like sort of passively, op- okay. not passively, because you know we there, but it's not yeah. like we wasn't in those sort of like. He's just oh, sick. Yeah, like he's sick. Yeah. You know, he has cancer. To me, I know people who have had cancer for years and years and years. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. didn't mean to me like you're going to die yeah, right now. You have seven. Yeah. You have yeah, five months. Yeah. Exactly. Like that wasn't even when he finally did sort of give us somewhat of a timeline they were like oh we're they're thinking maybe like one or two years depending on how treatment goes and we're like okay but you don't know how treatment's gonna go yet this is all very very brand mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. i'm thinking literally as i'm getting this information all of this is like preliminary yep. estimates yeah. on things they
0: have to tell you this as a precaution exactly as, yeah
3: exactly so i don't i would i don't think i would you know treat it the same way but i feel like honestly when i get news like severe news like that I just go right into like resolution mode. Like, all right, Mm -hmm. so what do we do?
1: Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, I I feel, and just from my own personal experience, I feel like that's how the doctors are too. Like, Mm -hmm. when I found out, they were like, it wasn't like, so do you want to get a second opinion? It's like, no, we're taking your mouth out, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And next week, week you're getting fitted for a mold. And I'm just like, oh, okay. uh, All right. I'm signing the paper. Here's my insurance card. Like,
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. I really feel like if I would have known what was
3: going on, Things would have really been done very differently. I might have had. I would have been way more involved. Like I was really just not thinking that it was more than what he was saying. It was, and of course, it sucks. Now it's like, well, damn, dad. Like I could have been trying
1: to help you more than than that. But and I feel like you are pretty educated on the like just different things that are good for your body for stuff like that. Yeah, that it's like maybe it's not going to cure your cancer, but let me. At least help you feel better. Yeah.
3: I mean, honestly, before we ever even knew that he had cancer, you know, we've had discussions just amongst our family in general about, like, cancerous situations mm-hmm. as far as like, oh, you know, if I develop cancer, like these are the sorts of things that I'm interested in trying. Like this okay. is what I want to do. This is how I want my treatment to go. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm expecting to get cancer, but these yeah. are the things that I researched and I feel comfortable but with. You guys right you spoke
2: about it. Yes, exactly. That's so right. it
3: wasn't like brand new. So when we're talking about like intravenous vitamin C and things like that, like for people who don't know shit about that, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? You're talking right. about cancer. You're talking about vitamin C. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? But we had, this is, wasn't new information for us. So we were like, oh, okay, so that makes sense. I would have made a different decision if I had known that we it were was, this far. It was along. that crazy? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: I'm just still stuck on the whole life insurance thing, yeah, because it's like you know what so. yeah, from why that, he like knew. like, I feel like the only reason why I would do something like like I just put it behind me because I'm scared, yeah or or like because I feel like I don't have a support system like some people there who are around who are around me like telling me like what to do yeah um i just i can't that that scares me knowing
3: my father i really as soon as i found it out like i was like i really like (laughs) like, why why would you have done this but knowing him like he's such a protector and such a provider he would never try to put us in situations of like worry Mm -hmm. ever and not like that he would lie to us about things because he would tell us the truth but i feel like Maybe that news was so heavy and so severe that he was just like, no, I don't want to send them into a, a space of worrying. So mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm going to be okay. And maybe he believed at that point, like things were going to be okay. I don't have to worry them so much. But, you know, my thing is, bro. And I told my family this even after that whole situation, I'm like, whatever's going on, you need to just let me know what's going on. Yeah. Don't sit there and yeah. try to protect me from it. I'm a big girl. Like I can handle it. Mm-hmm. I would rather know what's going on than to be kept in the dark about things because you want people to be around you and to love you and to support you. Shit, my, when he came up here to Pennsylvania, it was like a fucking mecca. It was like a mecca. <laughs> people from his whole life yeah. came. Flo- oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this making me sad. People came flocking from all over the country, like to come spend time with him. Like you don't understand, you know the the influence that he has on my life, and it was beautiful. Like I really felt so blessed being in that house with him mm-hmm. and having these people all around him because it was like. To see and to feel how much love was around him in this time where he's transitioning, like it was such a peaceful space. Like it felt so good to be there that it wasn't like this super super sad time. Like he was still telling a story. Yeah, it really was like a celebration. Like he literally was like to the day telling us stories, like, and we would just all be sitting there, like, listening to him, and my father, if you know my father, he's a storyteller, like, he's like that, and <laughs> it was so amazing, because people, because it, it, even, even literally, like, on his deathbed, I kid you not, this man, like, didn't, like, I don't feel like, I'm like, do you know that you're dying? Like, I don't know if you know <laughs> that you're dying right now, <laughs> like, you acting fine, and I remember even, like, so he passed that night, and I was there, we were there, in the room with him and I wasn't awake while he passed, but you know, they were saying, you know, he might have thirty days, blah blah blah. So when we asked him, like, you know, in these last couple of you know, his last forty eight hours, he's showing a lot of energy. He's Mm -hmm. not sleeping that much. He's very up. He wants to like talk. He's not resting that much. He's Mm -hmm. he's energized. And we were sort of like, you know, is this good news? Like why is Mm -hmm. he so energized like this? And the doctors after the fact were like, well, the body before it passes away. Like a lot of times it has like this like final burst of energy actually before mm. oh, you pass. Okay. And I never knew that. And they didn't want to like say that to us at yeah, that yeah, time because yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't know if they're going to pass in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But um, so that night, um, you know, he was not going to sleep that much. He was sort of like popping up out of his sleep a lot. And I'm just like, Dad, go to sleep. Why you keep waking up so much? Like, lay down, lay down. And I remember at one point he just like wouldn't lay back down. I just sat in the bed holding him. And I just sat there holding him, holding him. And Danny just sat there behind him, holding his back, supporting him. And he just, like, was laying on my shoulder. And I just got to hold him almost like a child, like, mm-hmm. really just sit there and love my father and just, like, think about him and thank him for everything. And then I woke up in the morning, and my godmother came downstairs, and she tapped me, and she was like, oh, no, you're, like, you know, it's, um, I thought she said, like, you can go upstairs and go to bed, like, I'll, I'll be down here with him. Mm-hmm. And so I went upstairs. And I lay down in the bed. And she came up, like, five minutes later, like, did you know what I just said to you? And I was like, no, you told me to go to bed. she was like, no, I said that, like, it's done. And I was like, you mean, like, he's, like, he passed? And she was like, yeah, like, he passed, like, overnight. And I went back downstairs, and I was just, like, so honestly grateful for that time that we got to spend. Yeah, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. that shit is powerful to me. And I felt like, you know, it happened, like, it was crazy circumstance, but i was so blessed in all of those moments that i didn't feel like it was just like this tragic passing or anything like that i was like nah it. like my father blessed me to the day like and still does now i didn't feel like i lost nobody i felt like you know oh no you good like pop stop stop playing with me right now like you're fine you know but it was just a it was it was a very emotional experience but not like i don't i wasn't crying like that like I wasn't really that sad. I was, you know, obviously shocked because just even visually, seeing somebody whose cancer has progressed that much, they Mm -hmm. look hella sickly, like, Mm -hmm. weirdly sickly. Like, oh, no, you're you're Mm -hmm. real, real sick right Mm -hmm. now. And so, you know, we would just, like, give him massages and just, you know, feed him, like, little bites of, you know, food or whatever, stuff like that. But it was, like, just such a... Such a time of love and such a time of care. It I didn't never feel like, you know, don't go. I felt like no, like this is so this is so peaceful. peaceful. Like it really, really was. And I was just grateful for the way that my family experienced his passing. Mm-hmm. And I was especially grateful that my mom went down there and got his ass. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Bro, yeah. if you would have done this down in Georgia, I'd so mad. Right. I'm yeah. So yeah. furious. It would have been it would've it would have been it would have been a different experience Oh, altogether. hell yeah. No, that shit would have rocked yeah. my world. Yeah. That, that would yeah. have changed things for me. If my yeah. father would have passed away by himself in a house, hours away from family, I couldn't have dealt with that. I'd have been mm. like, no, that's not my dad. That's not his life. Like, I mm-hmm. can't I'm even conceive of that sort of thing. Okay. But, you know, just the way it all happened, it was like, this is so you. Yeah. This is so you to, like, have all this love around you and all these family and friends just, like, sitting around telling stories about your life together. Okay. I was really just, like taken aback by, like, how miraculous it all felt. It really and was I,
0: a cool experience. I think it's really special that he was able to give you guys the best version of himself that he could mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Before it ended. Yeah. You know, like, that burst of energy, the ability to kind of be up, be social, yeah. you know, be able to communicate with you guys and, and and be him. Yes. Um. Because I've, you know, I've experienced situations where I've seen, People in my family go and they don't go themselves, mm-hmm. and that I think that's hard too. Yeah. Um. So I do think it's special that you were able to have that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it
3: definitely. I mean, it's, it's it's a huge influence on you know the way I experience his passing, and then even after he passed, everybody was like, okay, well, you know, when is like the funeral and da da da, and we were like, we're not having a funeral, and mm-hmm. they were like, well, no, what do you mean when you're not having a funeral? Mm-hmm. I'm like. We don't really do, like, that's not really our view on death like that. Like, mm-hmm. we don't, we're not, like, putting you to rest. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, you right here. So instead of having a funeral, we had, like, this celebration of life. Mm-hmm. And it was down in Corona. My father's from Corona. And, like, mm-hmm. niggas showed up and showed out, like, <laughs> crazy. It was great. It was that's so dope. great. And then, you know, there was, like, a microphone. And people just went up to the mic and just started, like, sharing different stories about everything. And the whole situation, like, as emotional as it was. And if you know me, like, I'm... My father, to me, is, like, a hero. Like, you can't tell me shit about my dad. Like, he is the ultimate hero to me. So being able to just have all these people around him, like, yes, this nigga is a hero to me, yo. Like, I love this dude. It was just such a cool-ass experience, but we didn't all experience it the same. Mm -hmm. I took it really well. My mother took it really well. My older brother took it very hard. Very Mm -hmm. hard, like. Which surprised me because he was the person who was most like vocal about, you know, he's not dying, he's not going yeah, yeah, yeah. anywhere, like da-da-da. After the fact, though, mm-hmm. that shit yeah. rocked his well, world Well,
0: you more. know, he's being strong, and he's trying yeah. to be strong for all of you guys. Yeah. And um, there's a sense of not, um, I don't want to call it denial, but there's a sense of, like, I got to tell myself it's going to be okay. You know, yeah. or I got to tell myself it's going to be okay, I got to be strong for everybody else, like Sayer said, but once there's no reason... Mm-hmm. To be strong anymore You just yeah, you, yeah, let it, it, you let it go It has to
3: be whatever it is mm-hmm. So I mean yeah We all dealt with it You know Differently Whatever the case may be But You know The idea of cancer Like I struggle with it sometimes Because Obviously it's very real Like mm-hmm. that shit, <laughs> Who's gonna deny that right? right But I feel like it's almost So popular That it's You de- get desensitized to it Like mm. Okay, all oh, this breast cancer and just and it's like we know cancer exists so much that you literally don't even almost think about you know that people you, are surviving
1: with cancer. Did you know anyone else who had cancer prior before to, that? Yeah,
3: I've known people who've survived cancer before that, like mm-hmm. who have gone through you know chemo and radiation right. and had like tumors removed and right. like even to this day, I have no idea what the tumors were involved. Like literally, don't know. The medical side mm-hmm. of what happened here, but yeah, I knew people who mm-hmm. had survived all different kinds of cancers before and had gone through radiation and things mm-hmm. like that, so I know how how much of a toll it can take on your body, and like the treatment is hard as hell like that's no joke when you you're, you're dealing with something that is going to one way or another severely affect your right. life mm-hmm. right. um, but it's like. Bro, how many people, how many people get cancer all the time and you don't even think about it? Like, what does cancer look like? What is, yeah. mm. I don't know. What does cancer and look know, like? like and you
1: know, people, and people have this preconceived notion what, of what it does look like, of what a cancer patient exactly. looks like. Exactly. Yeah. So you
3: literally don't know. So when he's, you know, sick, whatever the case may be, I didn't think like, oh, this looks like cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know what cancer looks like. I, knew, I, people, I see people walking around all day. I have no, yeah. you know, there's no like, there's no description for this is what cancer looks like. This is what cancer feels like. Yeah. yeah. It don't look or feel like anything. It's like a regular person, and suddenly you just got hit with some news that you had no idea about. This right. shit is inside you, and it's like I didn't even know this shit was here. Mm-hmm. And now you have to like deal with all the shit after the fact. But I think that's one of the hardest things for me in the in the whole thing was that it wasn't something that I could have prepared ourselves for or like had an idea about. This isn't like oh you know you have know, been coughing a lot. Do you think you might have bronchitis or you know you think of pneumonia like. Yeah. Ain't no coughing, ain't no symptoms. It was yeah. just you Boom. was living regular, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're just like super sick, you know. So yeah. that was that was very weird for me. How there it wasn't there wasn't a transition where like he was healthy and he got sicker. It was, it was sick. one to the other, like yeah. you good and now you're super sick out of nowhere. So that was just really
2: weird gotcha. to deal with. Um, so you have two younger daughters. Mm-hmm. How were well? First of all, did they have a close relationship with? Your yeah, father? yeah. So, I mean, how did they take it? Were they aware of what caused the death? You know, all that yeah. stuff. Did you guys keep them involved with everything? How did they handle
3: So, I was mentioning that we had lots of family around and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he was down in this room um, with, like, a bed and two couches. And so, family and friends are just kind of cycling and not visiting. And literally, like... I remember like the day he passed that afternoon, You know, the adults were doing whatever, going to get lunch, you know, blah, 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 doing whatever, and all the kids were just in there with him, mm-hmm. sitting on the couch, sitting on the bed, watching a movie. He's watching a movie with them. They're watching like National Geographic and stuff. Yeah. Like, they were there. They mm-hmm. were part of it. It wasn't like they were, okay, we're preparing you to go in here. Grandpa's sick. He's going to look very different. Like, mm. They went in there, and they were like, why does Grandpa look like that? I'm like, well, Grandpa's battling something real, but Like Grandpa's pretty sick mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, okay, but that's still Grandpa, so we all right. Like, yeah. you know, and they were very comfortable with that. So I was glad that they got to, it wasn't like they were behind curtains and they mm. couldn't yeah. see him or anything like yeah. that. They Was right up in there with him, mm-hmm. but it's funny now because Misha was really, really small,
1: yeah. she was a little baby. But this was last summer, right? this was last okay. summer,
3: no, this is some not this past summer, summer in 2017, 2017, yes. exactly. Um, and so Luna though had a little bit more of a relationship with my father because she's a little bit older, so she mm-hmm. like knows grandpa and remembers you know visiting with grandma, stuff like that. So even actually today. Me, Jim, my kids get involved with like all kinds of random conversations at school. <laughs> mm-hmm. So after Halloween, there were like all this ghost stuff. They're like, oh, we're scared of ghosts. We're scared of ghosts. And I'm like, what ghost? What mm-hmm. ghosts are you afraid of? Like, when have you, when, what ghosts are you talking about? I yeah. said, I don't know anything about ghosts. I know about spirits of love. Mm-hmm. And so Luna said to me today, well, what is a spirit of love? Like, what is that? And I was like, well, there's spirits all around you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see them and sometimes you don't. But the people who protect you all the time and grandpa is part of the spirit world. And she was like. Wait, Grandpa was like a spirit around me right now. I
1: was like, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she was like, hold on, now I know my Grandpa. I don't know about him being no invisible last spirit. <laughs> right, but okay, that makes right. no sense to me. But you know, we we talk about him like. Like, you could call him. Like, you know, you can talk to Grandpa whenever you want. Like, Grandpa's right right there. This is not like you used to know Grandpa and now he's Mm -hmm. gone. We talk of him as if nothing Mm -hmm. happens at all. And so it's cool to see that their relationship with the idea of death is Mm -hmm. really based on... That's their only experience with death whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so for them, it wasn't like oh, my God, he's gone. It's like, oh, okay, so he's transitioned, and now he, we just experience him differently. Okay, I can deal with that. I can rock with that. Gotcha. That's cool. So it was a teaching moment for them, but it was like a really trying moment for me because it's like, yo, you talk this shit. Do you, how do you, what's really good, though? Like, how yeah. do you really mm-hmm. feel about it when, it when it goes all the way down? But it was also just a confirmation because I really felt like, bro, like, I'm sad, of course. Like, that shit hurts,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but I really do not feel lost. That wasn't okay. a thing.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. so for some people that are listening to this that might be going through the same thing like um, what kind of advice would you give them what kind of message would you pass along maybe to somebody who's maybe diagnosed maybe to somebody who's dealing with a friend or family member who's diagnosed yeah. uh, what's a message you would pass along to them
3: I think my biggest thing that I took away from it and what I would like to share with others who may be experiencing something similar is and this is me whatever that means for you and your spirit check that mm-hmm. check what check how your spirit feels about it cuz you're going to get tons of information and numbers and diagnoses and doctors are going to tell you all kinds of stuff but check your spirit about it at the end of the day because you're always going to get tons of news and if mm-hmm. you don't have if you're if you're not in a place of like some somewhere if there's not no peace within you That shit is going to fucking flip you upside down. Like, and it's just, you start feeling like there's turmoil around you. But if you can really get to a place in your spirit where you're like, you know what, at the end of the day, this is, I'm a spirit having a a human experience. This is just a human experience, but my spirit is okay with this, whatever that may be. And be active. Don't sit Mm -hmm. there and think that this Mm -hmm. shit is gonna just like lollipop away. It's not gonna lollipop away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to progress and you have an opportunity, maybe or not. To be able to combat it, some people do and some people don't. I don't. I didn't really feel like I had an opportunity to combat it like that because it was so brand new and it should happen so fast. But don't ignore it. Don't think it's not gonna continue. It is going to continue. But also understand at the end of the day that there has to be some sort of piece or whatever that continuation looks like because you really don't know. And mm-hmm. the doctors really can't promise you shit. And they really can't test and tell you every single thing that you want to know. They, they, the future is a mystery to them as well to an extent. All they can do is give you the facts of right now. You don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. So when a doctor tells me you got a year, two years, another doctor, doctor tells me you got five months, another one tells me you got 30 days, and I had 72 hours, they don't know that much, you know? Yeah. Like, they can only estimate what they think that they may know. So just yeah. prepare yourself within your spirit to understand that this shit is going to change things. And whatever that change looks like, if you can find some sort of acceptance and some sort of place of power in there, mm-hmm. that's what that's what got me through it. That's what mm-hmm. allowed me to have that joy and that peace in the experience. Because, nigga, <laughs> people was like, oh, my God, like I'm falling apart. Like... Literally, I'm consoling other people about my father (laughs) passing. Like, bro, this is my dad, you know? But I think for people who can just find that stability, find that something to hold on to, find that rock, and find that position of power, because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just a human experience. And it's hard, and that looks scary, and we're always going to have hard and scary experiences. You don't know what shit is going to look like. Like, anything can happen tonight. Anything can happen tomorrow. You really have no idea. But... For me, spiritually, I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. and I can sort of like you know find some peace and joy and just mm-hmm. accept life for whatever it is because she's gonna continue to happen one way or the other. And that sounds sort of doomsy, but not, not really. really. No. But not really. <laughs> well, I feel
1: like hearing it from you, it's like because I know, I don't know you, know you, but yeah. because I know you, it's yeah. like you are a light, and it's and people. Or I feel like how you were like how you were just I was literally just thinking this how you were saying like I'm over here consoling people about my dad passing it's like because you're strong enough to be able to give give that aura to other people to be able to lift them up yeah yeah, yeah so and but cool. it was
3: cool to you know yeah. dad I did have support around me and stuff like that mm-hmm. like I, I won't I won't I, I did have support and I did have people
1: who you know did whatever they thought that they could do mm-hmm. um what what do people do but well, in your situation, like, what did people do to try and support you or to support you?
3: Um, oh, like I said, a lot of families showed up. It's like, yo, can I take the kids? Can I make food? Can mm-hmm. I go do your laundry yeah. for you? Can mm-hmm. I just, like, take care of all the other shit that you don't need to be worried about taking care of right now? Like, right. Gotcha. I'll do whatever the little menial life stuff means. Like, I had friends, like, yo, if you need to send your kids to me, I got them for a couple weeks. Like, you good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, I really appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm like,
3: I love, love my kids. Kids. <laughs> I'm like, no, I appreciate that, though, because. Because like my homegirls came out like yo we here like you not alone regardless so it was all little stuff and a friend um, one of my cousins who took it really hard at the time her grandmother just passed about a week ago and I was getting ready to call her and I was like you know what do you tell what do you say yeah, to somebody yeah. Something like that and there's really nothing to say like, I'm so sorry I'm fine mm-hmm. like I don't say those sorts of things <laughs> and I didn't really find those sorts of things helpful to me either like mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for your loss I appreciate you wanting to, you know, give me mm-hmm. some sort of love, but it didn't actually do anything for me. What actually does anything for me? People who said like, yo, what do you need me to do? I'll mm-hmm. offer, I'll offer myself. Like, how mm-hmm. can I help you? Mm-hmm. What can I do to make shit a little bit easier? Mm-hmm. And that's what I found really helpful. Is like, yo, I don't need you to just tell me I'm sorry. I need somebody who's going to be like, okay, nah, I got you on the other shit. So you can focus on doing what I need to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. my thing going that's forward. That's a good tip. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. don't say, you know, just don't say something for the sake of saying something no. because ultimately it's not that you don't want to help or that you just, you know, want to say something mm-hmm. passively. They, well, you want us to do something really nice. Yeah. But what's actually helpful to somebody? Same thing as helpful when somebody's, you know, pregnant with a brand new baby. What Can I come make a meal for you? Can I come, right. you know, do some laundry right. for you? Like, what right. can I do to make shit sure a little bit easier? And usually it's the little life stuff that's yeah. the hardest to keep up with. I feel like with. as you get
1: older, that's like. Yeah. The- you gonna do my laundry? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like, my grandma just came up and did my laundry like last week. I was so thankful. Or yeah, so exactly. I can I can understand that.
0: Did you take advantage of a lot of those things when people offered themselves? Because I know you said earlier in the beginning, within the first, I guess four or five months, you didn't know how severe it was. Mm-hmm. But how much how much of that did you take advantage of and just kind of focus on yourself and?
3: I allow some of my family to like watch my kids for like the day mm-hmm. and you know just take them for a couple of hours so they can get out the house and go play at the park something like that I'm not mm-hmm. going to the park right now like right, right, did, right. you know do yeah. those sorts yeah, yeah. of things so I did take advantage of that you want to buy me food yes please I'll take that <laughs> like I'm not mm-hmm. hungry. I'm not taking care of myself yeah, yeah exactly. and the same thing for my mother like you're not taking yeah. care of yourself because yeah. you're so focused on taking care of yourself. You have to be reminded, else. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when people can sort of help take care of you, that's what I found really helpful. So I'm like, you know what? Yes, I will allow you to bring me mm-hmm. some food. Yes, I will allow you to go ahead and take my kids mm-hmm. for a few hours mm-hmm. because these are things that I'm pushing to the back for mm-hmm. but they're yeah. important because so, life is going to continue from here. That's good. So yeah, yeah, it was cool. That's I appreciated
1: good. that a lot. That's, that's awesome.
2: awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys have anything else? No. I don't. Do
1: you have anything else? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, no,
3: I don't. I, I felt so um not weird, but I felt like I don't know how I'm gonna be going into this because mm-hmm. I knew it was gonna be like a cancer sort of situation. Yeah. But I really never felt like doomsy cancery before. Yeah. So I, you know, for me at least, I hope that somebody can identify and connect with the story is that life is going to continue being whatever life is. Mm-hmm let that shit be what it is bro that's Mm -hmm. a human experience and like I don't try to be like on no super religious pulpit nothing like that but like I'm a very spiritual person I don't have like a title for it I don't have like a label on it but I know what gives me peace at the end of the day and it's like yo whatever peace means for you whatever like that joy and that peace and that happiness and that love that you can find in difficult situations let that be the anchor that holds you in place more than anything else and that's what I think the biggest thing I took away from the whole situation really was Awesome. Thanks. That was awesome. Thanks for
0: sharing your story.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it, guys. Thank
1: you so
2: much. Thanks. <laughs> this episode of the Survivor Series, The Cancer Chronicles, was created, written, and inspired by Cherry Poppers Recorded and mixed by Jay Omega. And me, I was just here. The Survivor Series is a production of the Officially Street podcast.